Hi, this is Mayuri Bhattacharji, your host for the podcast Dignity in Disasters. Dignity in Disasters brings you stories of people working on making the lives better of those affected by humanitarian crises and natural disasters. Images and stories of disasters and humanitarian crises are depressing and they often leave us with a discomforting sense of helplessness. The personal stories that you will hear here will make you view disasters and crises from a lens of solutions. I hope you find inspiration and build your resilience from these stories. Thank you for listening. This is season 2 of the podcast Dignity in Disasters on the theme of shelter. In this season we are speaking to young architects who bring brand new perspectives on this theme. Today's guest is one such person who answers the question how can design and architecture ensure dignity during disasters and crises. So what are we waiting for? Join me in listening to them. Today I have a dear friend of mine, Kanij, uh who's from Bangladesh and uh, I think uh, I won't really introduce her much because um I would like her to introduce because she's here with me and I'm so happy that she's joining in and I I'm really happy that she got her uh, electricity back because there was a temporary power cut Kanish and we thought that maybe we won't be able to do this recording today but I'm so glad that uh, it's back so over to you Kanish could you tell a little a bit about yourself where you're based where you studied and grew up Uh yeah thank you so much Mayuri um it's really an honor to be here and thanks to um Dignity in Disaster also I'm from Bangladesh as you said and I'm based on Dhaka currently and uh, um I studied architecture in Asanullah University of Science and Technology and after that I I practiced architecture for some time a very short time and then I thought like okay maybe you know the mainstream is not for me and i you know i shifted i i started searching for opportunities that i really like so i started working for slum uh, communities and later on i joined uh, international organization for migration which is uh, united nations migration agency uh, they are working in bangladesh in fox bazar um in in serving rohingya refugee people So I worked there for a long time, two and, uh, two and a half year as a site planner. And uh, currently I'm working uh, as a road safety uh, consultant for World Resources Institute. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, uh, Kanija. I feel that you have a great and interesting background and I'm so excited to learn more. So tell me, uh, as an architect or a designer, what are some of the things you just love about your profession? um to be honest i really like that i can serve people i mean uh i can communicate with people i can understand what they are thinking where they are you know feeling uncomfortable and how we can solve it i mean we have the solutions mm-hmm. but one thing uh you know uh in in today's practice what we see that we have a very conventional idea from our schools that things need to be like this or design needs to be like that but when you actually start working for the community we you will see that community is actually guiding you they know right. like how they want to uh, you know lead but you have to communicate with them you have to listen to them and then you can improvise it 
with your knowledge. So that's so uh, true. that's just so true. So true. And what do you uh, and during these years of experience working on field, what are some of the things you really liked and any experience you would? I, of course, we'll go into the humanitarian shelter work that you've done uh, in your previous experience. But anything else that you've done? You spoke about this uh, about a pro- project in slums. If you could just share a little bit about it, it would be great. Uh, yeah, uh, so I started working with the uh, slum project. Uh, it was Dealputa. Dealputa is a platform where they they uh, try to uh, you know educate children from slum community through art and crafts. So mm-hmm. children get to uh, you know know art and crafts, the uh, candle making and block uh, on on fabric and so on. But at the same time, they will be having you know classes like uh, the regular alphabets and so on. So I worked there and I also uh, designed one of their uh, structures and also in the, you know, fundraising and then policy, how how we can maintain the health and hygiene for, of the children. Like uh, when I went there the first day, I saw that uh, children are not even having, you know, uh, shoes. Like, uh, whenever I was going there, they, I, you know, I was asking like, where's their shoes? Or I mean, they are just being cautious and they said like, okay, we will be trying to, you know, maintain it because it's important. and I mean, where they were walking, they were walking on the street. Uh, the slum is near the streets and, you know, it was so unhealthy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, these are the small things that we think, uh, you know, will make, make some impact. Mm-hmm. And um, other than that, uh, other than the slum project, I also initiated a project for uh, women and children uh, public transport. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, this was a project by... Uh, I mean, by my in, uh, my organization, Deshdoosh, and I got a fund from Bernard Danley's foundation from Netherlands, uh, mm-hmm. where they were saying like urban 95, uh, from 95 centimeter, the height of uh, eye of of children, what what they see, how they you know experience the city. Mm-hmm. So my uh, you know agenda was uh, how a child actually experiences a bus ride. I I mean at that time I I saw in news like where um, a child was, you know, being abused uh, mm-hmm. at the bus, and I mm-hmm. just thought, like, we are kind of normalizing these issues. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we don't think, like, uh, you know, it, it's not okay to have to experience such such incident at that age. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I started uh, that project, like how our buses need to be designed so that it's safe for everyone. Uh, I really uh, like how, um, you see, when we talk about architecture, if people generally have this who are not architects, they feel that okay, these people are only, only working on the blueprints and drawing up and um, those things. I mean, they're only into buildings. But I really like what I'm getting, what I'm hearing from you is that how you are observing and how you're using your skills for social change and how architecture can get used by people like you who have this empathetic, empathetic and deep mind how it can be used to make a transport or places safer i think architecture is not just you know buildings it's also about how you design a place and that's really it's coming from you i'm so so you know humbled to speak to you to hear this from you that how you thought of using your skills for this kind of a project so how how does it make you feel when you do this like what did you feel when you were doing all these what were the feelings you had Uh, yeah i mean Thanks. Uh, I mean, this one thing is that, you know, I feel like I can contribute and I, I have the scope to, mm-hmm. you know, have to make things better. I mean, mm-hmm. we have, the, we all 
architects have this skill that uh, we can make uh, make this uh, society our community uh, have a better situation better future mm -hmm. right right so kenis you are uh, very young when it comes to age but uh, when i uh, hear from you and also what i know uh, of your experience it's really rich and you have worked in some challenging environments i mean you you have worked in one of uh, the century's largest one of the largest uh, humanitarian crises i mean you worked in the uh, rohingya refugee camps uh, so could you sh share a little bit more about your experience there uh yeah sure i mean i was really lucky to uh, work there uh, in my initial uh, days i think i i just mostly you know absorbed from that context like how it is this you know this type of context i was i wasn't ready for that you know the huge population the density people living in such condition and uh, i mean how you can actually you know make something better out of it um hmm. the development is done it's mostly organic people have done this by themselves there is no plan and hmm. i i i work for the site planning team and hmm. you know I, i mean in this organic situation how you can help the community that was hmm. important and then you know exposing uh, myself to to their structure the community how the community think how the community wants them like um hmm. my you know the in the later years when i i was working on a wash facility like how women are you know deprived of the wash facilities i mean mm -hmm. in their in the in their social structure main thing women should not go outside as a mm -hmm. result women are not you know uh, accessing the wash facilities they are mm -hmm. going at the very early in the morning or at the you know at night when everyone's asleep so that that is a problem for them and also i mean they are trying to maybe uh, i mean Uh, you know having wash facility within the house which is also very unhygienic so all these mm. issues when i'm when i'm talking to them and then coming up with a result or a, a solution a design maybe and mm. then going back to the community and uh, you know seeing that the males are the dominant in in the i mean they are raising the voice that you know, they don't need it but they don't mm. understand the situation they don't understand the problem that women are facing so these mm. are the you know the, these are the things that you will see there mm. but i mean that that structure of the society and how you can you know maybe negotiate with them you make them understand and mm. uh, in in may no like in february of this year there was a huge yes, fire yes. yeah yeah so yes so i was i was lucky to work at that time i mean i was uh, i feel really uh, you know privileged that i could serve people at that time so that was the period when i saw like even if that was a very organic development in the beginning but when it there was a disaster and after the disaster people started you know working very uh, you know very fast to build back their houses mm. and how tough it is to you know keep up the pace and then uh, bringing on all your policy to make it better and mm. still uh, negotiating with the community mm -hmm. exactly so uh, in your experience of working in the camps could you share some um, you know some highlights i mean which you felt really proud that okay i'm working on this i'm doing this or uh, i mean some even if it was not eventually maybe like the big success maybe you imagined or maybe it was in your head but if there's any incident or any experience that you said that you felt okay i'm 
doing something. I feel good about this. Was were there moments like that while you were working in your previous assignment? Uh, I think um, when we were actually doing you know like planning work, one of the mm-hmm. things that we we uh, worked on the valley development. Like there are hilltops, but mm-hmm. most of the hilltops are already crowded. So we are left with valleys. But we did, I mean on working on the valleys is not easy because it gets flooded very easily. Mm-hmm. So you have to design the drainage and so on very carefully. Mm-hmm. But within that, you have to also design the you know the your layout shelters and I mean there is not much scope in shelter design because I was from site planning but uh, and also shelter design need to be you know approved from centrally from the government. Mm-hmm. It's a long process, so we we used to work with the with the approved you know layout and how to make uh, best use of it. I mean how uh, each person from the family say women will be experiencing the space say. I mean, at night, if they want to go to washroom, how they will do that? I mean, is it safe for them to go outside? Is it safe in a in a safe reach? So those are the things that we have to consider. And I, I think, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not, I won't say like it, it was a success story, but um, these are the considerations that we used to have. Yeah. That was necessary. So, uh, what would you say uh, were some of your um big learnings or insights that came while working in the camps? Um, in terms of the learnings, I mean, I learned how to work with the community. I mm-hmm. learned how to communicate. I mm-hmm. learned how to coordinate with different organizations having different interests. Like mm-hmm. uh, some are coming with donations. Some are, you know, want to make their projects done. But also you have to consider community schools also. So these were the thing like where I learned how to you know make balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the camps, uh, another question that I have is that when it comes to South Asia, South Asian country, um, I I I'm from India. I come from a, a state in India called Assam. We face floods every year. I think that's what also one of the reasons why I do this podcast, Dignity in Disasters, because it's really a topic that's close to my heart of seeing humanitarian crisis uh, so nearby. And if similarly, Bangladesh as a country is really prone to extreme weather events like floods and cyclones. Right? I mean. Uh, even uh, even in urban areas also there are like this effect. So I was just wondering what your your thoughts would be that the climate crisis will make all these floods, cyclones, and other events much more worse uh, in the coming future. And uh, as an architect, what do you think should be the future of uh, shelter design, or how you would see how should we design for a future? in these kind of fragile environments like Bangladesh? I mean, if you have some, you know, some philosophy or thoughts, would you, I'll be really, you know, interested to know about that. Uh, I I think I believe in, uh, you know, having a more profound uh, planning or policy towards uh, like how we will cope with climate change. And uh, I mean, I mean, I think the shelter design itself, that can be done by architects. That's not a problem. I mean, they can do climate uh, sensitive designs and so on. But there is an issue with the policy that, uh, say, in, uh, in the cities where the slums are, uh, you know, in the left of spaces, they are uh, along the canals, like where floods are mostly happening. 
and yeah. sometimes we try to say that uh, the slum jewelers are the reasons for the for the flood. They are, you know, uh, like dumping their waste in the channels. That's why it's happening. But why not we we think of them them as you know as a part of our system? Like one day yeah. if they decide to leave our city, will our city work? No, it won't work. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, so, you know, integrating them within the system and then thinking of their uh, betterment, slam upgradation. And, mm. you know, so that's important. And not only, you know, assigning all these left out spaces to them, like mm. having spaces for them, that's important. Mm-hmm. So you mean to say that the lesser privileged communities right now, um, I mean, I think it's not just in Bangladesh, even in India, they're not really involved in this design. I mean, we're talking about climate proofing our cities and all, but the question is, are we involving the people who will be affected the most? And the other people who in, uh, like you said, who are living by the canals, even in Kolkata, there are canals here and uh, people there are living. And I wonder how many times do we actually think that, I mean, no, by we, we, I mean, the entire society, even including the government, and how much of um, you know community um, uh, consultation takes place into this, and yeah. I, 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 that's what is a, a major challenge. I mean, we we are designing maybe things that may not work because uh, we have not included people. Uh, one thing is that uh, you know uh, when we are thinking of uh, designing for underprivileged community or disaster resilient uh, houses. It won't come from our architecture school, to be honest. It will mm. come from the community. You have to mm. sit with the community, you have to listen to them. You have to absorb the indigenous knowledge and then you can come up with uh, some solutions. Right. Yeah. So the architects, um, uh, as far as I know, Hasbul Kubir is working. Um Tabassum is working. Recently they got some fund for uh, constructing 100 uh, Kudibari, small houses, which are you mm. know unique in design and uh, is uh, appropriate for islands. So hmm. uh, they will be working on those. They're called the chore, are areas. they called the chore areas in, in the islands that you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, uh, Kanish. It was just lovely, uh, you know, talking to you. And uh, your personal project, would we see uh, any of it on social media? Have you shared uh, it online? where, Or is there any place we can find it? Um, yeah, I, we have a Facebook page, uh, but you know, it, it came on newspapers. I haven't published it in formally anywhere. <laughs> okay. But soon, yeah, I, I hope to publish it soon. Yeah. So what is your Facebook page called? In case you, whenever you decide to upload it, we would love to go and see the kind of work that you have been doing. Uh, it's called The Short. Thank you, Kinis, for joining us. Thanks a lot. <laughs>